Hi, and welcome to the Let's Talk Healthy Pets podcast. I'm Dr. Karen Becker, Dr. Mercola's Chief Wellness Veterinary Consultant, and I'm excited to share with you the latest news about pet health to guide you in keeping your animal companions healthy, comfortable, and happy throughout their lives. My goal as a proactive vet is to empower pet owners to make knowledgeable decisions to extend the lifespan and well-being of their animals. If you're looking for more pet health tips, you can also subscribe to my free daily newsletter at healthypets.mercola.com. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy today's podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Becker. And today I'm so happy Dr. Jason Crean has been nominated by Lara for a Game Changer Award. And he's joining me today, Dr. Crean. Thank you. Thank you for joining me. And it's so exciting. Congratulations on your Game Changer Award. And I'm thankful that I get to interview you. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Thank you. I'm doing fine as well. I have, I think in honor of full disclosure, Jason, we should talk about the fact that I have known you since I want to say 1997, a long time. Now, Healthy Pets family, I don't nominate any game changers. All of our game changers are nominated by you. Awesome listeners, subscribers, readers, advocates, supporters. But I was so excited when I got the email that Dr. Crean had been nominated because he does happen to be a personal friend. So that's full disclosure. And I'm so happy that Laura nominated you because you really have had a pretty remarkable career over at least the 20 years that I have known you. For people that don't know you, Jason, or know your passion about um, species-specific avian nutrition, let's back up and start from maybe not the very beginning, but let's talk about (laughs) maybe when we met, you were already raising birds and educating Mm -hmm. a lot of people about avian nutrition, about environmental enrichment, about all things, how to have happy, healthy birds. How did you get into birds though? Because that's probably a story that I haven't heard. And that was prior to me meeting you. So let's start with like, why not a dog or cat? I mean, I know you love dogs and cats too, but why birds, Jason? Um, You know, when I was 12 years old, I, my neighbor got a cockatiel and I was so taken with their intelligence that I asked for a cockatiel and I got one and then I got a second cockatiel and then I had more cockatiels. So that's where it all started. Um, And, you know, I worked in pet shops through high school and college and I knew that um, I wanted to go into an animal field of some kind, Um, but having raised and then I got into breeding different types of finches and and things like that. Um, And you know, keeping birds, I always say, is a scientific experiment that never ends, right? They're constantly surprising new variables pop up. It's just, it's just always fascinating to me. So um, I started um, teaching biology and animal science and um, bringing animals into classrooms and things like that. And then um, after, fast forward to today, where Um, I'm a university professor um, teaching biology courses and specifically zoo biology courses with animal nutrition topics um, to students who are interested in going into, you know, uh, veterinary schools. Um, I speak for veterinary schools. I'm asked to speak at vet schools about specifically about avian nutrition, knowing that vets don't get a very um, adequate education as far as that goes, as you know. And I've since branched out to be a zoo consultant, focusing on whole food nutrition, how we can enrich the lives of animals that we keep 
um, through Whole Foods foraging opportunities and really looking at what's the what are these individual species natural history? What are they doing in the wild and how can we capitalize on that um, in our managed settings, zoos uh, or our homes or, or whatever? Um, and I've, you know, I've consulted for pet food companies and things like that who are interested specifically in whole food nutrition. Um, you know, when we first met, that was about the time that processed foods hit the market and it was like, oh, great, all our problems are going to be solved, just caused more different problems, more problems, some of the same problems. Um, and, you know, you and I have kind of been on that education learning curve um, over the years, seeing what, you know, how our animals react and just like dogs and cats who can be nutritionally abused and, and survive that, um, some birds can do that too, but we still see lots of health issues in birds, um, who are on processed foods, which should be no surprise. <laughs> it's, it's so true. And yet, you know, when, when I look back on my recommendations 20 years ago for bird nutrition. Life is a big learning curve, mm -hmm. but you are absolutely right. You know, we saw birds with no enrichment on terrible quality diets, or let's say just millet. And so seed became kind of demonized and then mm -hmm. pellets, which is basically kibble for parrots. Kibble for parrots hit the market, you know, late 80s in the 90s and we thought okay this is scientifically formulated nutrition in a little crunchy ball usually electrically vibrantly colored with <laughs> synthetics this is going to fix everything because it's basically everything they need in a pellet but it didn't fix everything so most avian veterinarians recognize drafts we were holding out that that parrot kibble or not just parrot kibble that captive birds could exist eating an ultra processed, highly refined, all in one morsel day after day, and it didn't work out so well. So then of course we all went back to the drawing board that well, you know, we had high hopes. It's not much different than what we as what we are seeing, of course, with dogs and cats eating kibble. It does sustain life. There's a whole lot of issues that can come from eating kibble day in and day out. And that was true of birds as well. So let's talk about your evolution because this has become, it has gone from a hobby to a passion to a profession to an advocacy platform for you. Like it's really, you you are really passionate about helping people take the very best care of their birds. For people that still are stuck with, I'm just gonna feed pellets or what else should I do? How did your evolution out of recognizing birds need a whole lot more, walk us through where you're at and what you're doing about filling the gap for species appropriate nutrition when it comes to birds. So we know there's no such thing as a complete animal diet. Every time I see the word complete on a bag, I just want to scream. Uh, we know that's not true, um, especially for the wide variety of species that we're feeding who are from different continents and eat different things, different times of year. And, you know, birds in the wild, we, we tend to have this, this um, fantasy that, oh, the wild is such as it's this beautiful place and the birds are flying free. And it's like, well, there's predators, there's parasites, there's nutrient poor foods, like, it, the, you know, as a biologist, I have to say, like, the, the wild is a really rough place. So I learned from you many, many years ago, that when we house birds in managed care, 
we're, we can go beyond survival and go to thriving, right? Not, not just survive, but to thrive. Um, so I have a avian raw whole food nutrition group that's over 15,000 members worldwide. And it's been a really positive experience for people just to see, just to be exposed, to be like, wait, my bird can eat that? I, my bird can actually eat something like this? And then how to get birds eating things like this, right? Because it's not bird behavior we have to manage here. It's human behavior. We're so afraid we're going to starve our birds that we give them a ton of food that they'll eat. And then we wonder why they won't eat other new things, right? So we have to interject. This is identical to cats, yes. right? <laughs> Kitties, we put we put down, you know, all you can eat buffet for cats. They get fat and lazy and they're bored with their food. And then when we try a different food, we're like, no, they didn't want that. So it's the exact same premise mm -hmm. of humans, guardians having to revamp their mental mindset to be able to recognize that the issue was caused because of us. And the yes. issue then has to be addressed. We have to, if we, if we cause the problem, we have to fix the problem with nutrition, mm -hmm. but your group really exists to provide support and um, tips and tricks and suggestions, because it's a scary thing when you realize you, either you realize your bird is not doing well, or you realize you could be improving things or the heartbreak that the average bird in captivity being on a nutritionally incorrect diet, it dramatically affects their lifespan. One of those three scenarios play out and people say, oh my gosh, I don't want that to happen. So they hear about feeding a different way and your platform exists to kind of supply support to people who are interested in accomplishing longer lived, healthier, happier birds. Mm -hmm. Yes. And like I said, it's, it's just about exposure. It's, it's just about seeing the possibilities that exist and any step towards that is beneficial, right? Um, it's, and, and you know, just the fact that maybe your macaw would eat things if, it, if they were more finely chopped and put together with recognizable food items that they now associate, or maybe, you know, I had, a, I had a large bird who wouldn't touch an apple until I put the whole thing on a skewer and just stuck it in there. And then all of a sudden, like that was the gateway to, to eating more fresh food. So yeah. there's so many ways, but like I said, keeping birds is a scientific experiment that never ends. You have to continually experiment. And as a scientist, I know you can't just do an experiment one day and then be like, hey, we discovered it, we're done. That's not how science works. Science works through continuous, consistent experimentation, which is why birds need to be exposed to foods for weeks to months before sometimes yeah. they'll, they'll, you know, sample. Um, and so we're trying to give different foods, different textures, different colors, all of these things, because we don't know how birds really see the world. Like we've discovered some things, but we don't know how they're viewing some of the foods that we're offering, right? Because they do see the world differently than we do. Um, probably much more beautifully <laughs> than we do. Yes. Um, but when it comes to, you know, processed foods, like the science that there's decades of research that tell us what happens to foods, particularly like meats, grains, things like that, when they're exposed to heat and, and especially heating to the point of dryness so that it can sit on a shelf for a long period of time. Um, but like, we, we know what that is. Like we know what happens and those things are not beneficial to any organism, any living organism. 
And so offering as much raw whole food um, as we possibly can and, and really diversifying it so birds have choices um, every day is critical. It is critical. And yet, if you're just listening or hearing this, it can be a little overwhelming if you think, well, shoot, I'm not doing that, but I want to, or I recognize I, I need to be. Mm -hmm. There aren't textbooks on this. There's not, I mean, they're unfortunate. Even in, even in veterinary school, my, I, I think we've talked about this before. My avian medicine class was taught by Dr. Nana Goshel, God rest his soul, my favorite professor in vet school, but it was all based on chicken. I mean, we basically yes. learned everything about chickens and then transposed it to exotics, which there's not a, there's, that's not translational medicine at its best. Yes. We'll just right. stop there. But, but that being said, then if people, so first of all, what is the name of your Facebook group? So if people wanted to join and learn more, they could. So there's um, a few things that you can do. You can join the Facebook group, which is Avian Raw Whole Food Nutrition. And that's the exact title. <laughs> um, and we do ask a few questions because we want to keep spammers out. So please, you know, answer those few questions. And if you found out about the group here, just put Dr. Becker, that, that would be great. Um, I also have a website, uh, drcreen.com slash nutrition. And Dr. Crean is D-R-C-R-E-A-N.com slash nutrition. And there's links on there where you can join our, our email list and find out about things that we're doing, especially when it comes to uh, product releases. Um, we have the Facebook group uh, link there as well. Um, consultation requests, things like that, information and articles that I've published. Um, all of that is available there. Um, you can even join. I have a I have a subscription group too called Team Thrive, which is specifically about um, answering your questions. And um, I have I have classes on there that I've done um, that are recorded, so you can learn about the types of foods you're feeding, and maybe even help yourself get healthy. Uh, because it's all about like produce and the different types and, you know, how we grow them and why we grow them that way and what the nutritional benefits of all of these different foods are. Um, people are shocked when they go into a grocery store and they're like, you mean I can feed almost anything in the produce section? Yeah, just about almost just about um, in moderation. So, you know, it's things like that that we do on, on uh, Team Thrive. Um, and then we, like I said, we, we do the releases. So on that page, um, for example, this is the big announcement. Um, Greywood Manor, who's famous for the avian teas that I've formulated, um, and not just avian teas, but guinea pig tea and rabbit tea and hot belly pig tea and you know, all those types of things. Uh, Greywood Manor has done a great job over the years um, focusing on whole food nutrition. And I just worked with them to create beak bars, which are freeze dried. And they're 100% whole food, no heat processing, maintains a, over 95% nutrition because it's freeze-dried. So that's something that I've wanted to do for years that is finally coming to fruition. Um, that's and, amazing. Well, and they're amazing. just, yeah, it's it's just so cool that we could finally get all that whole food into a nice little package. Compact, um, easy, yes. easy, right? Easy, shelf-stable. nutritionally sound. And, <laughs> For what species, like finches, parakeets, budgies, am like all? Like, yeah. Talk to me about who, like, if you have a bird, what type of bird would benefit? So one of the things that I've long been interested in is the microbiome. All of the healthy, well, 
what we want to be healthy gut flora, right? The, the bacteria and things like that, that really help fuel most of the body systems. They have, they're interconnected with, with organisms and we want to fuel that. And one of the things of all the microbiome scientists that I've talked with, um, one of the things that comes up is fiber, like good quality fiber fuels the microbiome, right? And you know this, and that's one of the reasons why, you know, dogs and cats can eat sprouts and microgreens. Like there's fiber that's really beneficial for the microbiome. And we want to capitalize on that. So what we did with these bars when I was formulating them along with Greywood Manor um, was to capitalize on the fiber and healthy fats because those are most lost in any processed food, right? So omega-3 fatty acids, critical to parrot health, and yet parrots don't get a lot of them if you're not feeding certain tree nuts and certain types of seeds. And um, so we capitalized on that and put it into a freeze-dried bar so that we can capitalize on that fiber. It's highly vegetable-based, high-quality vegetable-based. Um, even a... Um, even a D3, vitamin D3 supplement that comes from lichens, which you and I have been talking about for years. And so years, it's a plant-based yeah. D3 source um, as well. So, you know, trying to capture all of that in a, in a, in a little bar that the birds like the texture um, and it can be for any bird. It, it can, you know, I've, I, we've, we've tried them out on, on my finches who just peck the heck out of them. And, um, you know, my black palm cockatoo likes to hold one and just destroy it. Okay. Um, you know, a wide variety of birds can, can take advantage of these things. It's such an important thing. And for anyone listening that has any type of bird in captivity, minus raptors, but all other birds, <laughs> I think we can conclusively say other than the raptors, um, the biggest issues we see as avian veterinarians are of course, behavior issues, first and foremost, mm -hmm. which can totally, you just mentioned, you know, omega-3s and microbiome right there. We can't yeah. have a healthy brain without a healthy gut, That's any right. type of plumage, feather, skin problem, dermatitis, feather picking. I mean, and as well as cognition behavior issues um, are omega-3 deprived birds. And so I'm just so thankful that you've worked so hard to get some of those really important cofactors for health and wellness into your, your new food per se, because I think that that's the chunk, Jason, in the last 20 years that has been missing, that we provided vitamins and minerals, but we have not really provided an inclusive package, including mm -hmm. the fiber prebiotics and those critical antioxidants and coenzymes, um, cofactors and enzymes necessary for the microbiome to do its thing. So the fact that you have put together the first minimally processed whole food diet that's loaded with these things. I'm really excited <laughs> to see the health and wellness of birds unfold. So where do people go to learn more about that? So um, we'll have all the information's drcreen.com slash nutrition. That's the gateway to all of this, okay. all of this. And so they can go right there. Um, they can click on the beak bars and that'll send them over to Greywood Manor and they take it from there. Um, I'm just I'm just so excited that I can work with these companies who really want to do what's right. And, mm -hmm. you know, you get what you pay for, right? And so we can move away from this, um, this, uh, 
highly processed food and to something that where you get more bang for your buck, like literally, um, you know, it's, it's hard to find a hundred percent unprocessed food. And here's, here's a, here's a, a solution to that. It doesn't replace whole fresh food. I mean, you need to be sprouting for your birds and you need to be offering fresh produce every day, you know, really diversifying. But this is one of those things that will supplement a diet where, especially if your bird isn't going to be consuming some of those items that we really, really, really want them to. Yeah. And this is a lot like when we talk about any other species, raw, un, you know, unprocessed food is of course the best, but if you can't for your dog or cat or bird, then freeze dried is the next best choice because yep. of how well it preserves nutrients without heat. As you wanted those tag along byproducts of high heat processing or something that nothing needs, but especially birds are especially sensitive to damage fats and advanced glycation end products and mm-hmm. all of the things that happen when we, you know, when we denature proteins and enzymes, birds are especially sensitive to that. So Jason, with everything you've done and everything you've worked on in your career, what do you love most? When I say your job, you have a lot of different jobs, but what do you love most about what you're doing right now? Um, you know, I've, I've always been an educator. I, I was born, I think I was born to be that. So you know, being an educator and a science communicator um, has is what I love most. I love helping people. I love seeing the results in their animals, especially. Um, you know, it took you what what people a lot of people don't know is it took you two years to convince me to move my dogs to raw food diets, because much like most veterinarians, I was taught that that would be unhealthy, right? Um, even though I knew everything about evolution and natural selection and like, I I knew about those things. Um, but we tend to put those aside when it comes to the animals that are sitting at our feet, right. Begging for food. (laughs) And once we did that, all health problems just virtually disappeared within a matter of weeks. And I tell people this all the time and they think I'm crazy. And when I tell people like, I don't have birds that pluck, I don't have birds that have behavior issues. Um, I don't have hormonal birds, you know, where they go, you know, crazy once or twice a year. Um, And that's because I feed consistently a diverse whole food diet. I'm convinced of that. There's no other way, you know, there's no other reason. So I love seeing the results from people who are like, you know, my bird would never touch anything. And then when I tried this, it worked. And they become more, you know, even with the teas, you know, you came and talked about teas years and years and years ago. And when we formulated the teas, um, you know, and we have to be careful with what we're formulating and how we're formulating and how much of any one thing we're putting in. It's, it, you don't just throw things in a bag. Um, but when we started formulating based on what we saw in our own birds and what our our pilot people, you know, who were trying these things out were seeing, um, you know, and we, we would have people say like, I have a macaw that wouldn't come out of its cage. And I gave it this, this tea that helped, you said would help calm it. And it, it started coming out and sitting on top, like what, looking around, like it just was, it was, it stopped screaming or, you know, I had this bird and it's been plucking for years and he's got his first feathers on his chest. I mean, those things just, I mean, that just makes it all worthwhile. 
It, I, I totally get that. And then the other awesome thing is that, you know, you were an end of one, when you first adopted these things like 20 years ago now, um, all of these lifestyle improvements you did that for your aviary and then either, you know, mm -hmm. people you were consulting for their aviaries and that, but now you have a group, you know, you've got thousands of people doing it. So what you are gaining is this massive cohort. It's no longer, it is a, it's a, it's a large body of evidence from people mm -hmm. saying this is, has been a game changer for my bird. And I think that that has to be incredibly rewarding for you. Well, and you, you say often, like we have to stop fearing food. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's the number one thing that some veterinarians still do that I wish we oh. could just stop um, because yeah. they are convinced that we're not going to feed a quote unquote complete and balanced diet. Now, yeah. there's no such thing, first of all. Right. I mean, we've said that before. There's no such thing. But birds don't eat a complete and balanced diet in the wild. They're opportunistic. They're going to eat whatever they can get. Um, and they survive on that, just survive on that. Um, we have the ability to do better. And because we have at our fingertips, just a host of different things that we can do um, with, with these animals. And, you know, I'm looking out right now at my own aviary right outside the window and I've got fruit doves from Indonesia and I have toucans, you know, from, from South America and, you know, all of the finches and uh, tanagers and all these different types of things. And they all get whole food. They get a diverse whole food diet and they're all doing wonderfully. They're, you know, the toucans are, they're breeding. They're successfully breeding without any processed food and their chicks are healthy. <laughs> so that, that, that tells us that it's possible. Well, and I also think just as a veterinarian with other veterinarians listening to this, I will, I know that you encounter this every day, but so do I, this, what, what we are not talking about is letting your bird eat whatever it wants or be addicted to one or two unhealthy human foods. So this is, I think part of the issue is that veterinarians are still very confused about exactly how this is done. So mm -hmm. I just want to clarify that, you know, Dr. Karina is making sure that there are manganese rich foods and calcium rich foods and there are omega-3 rich foods. Like you have covered your bases mm -hmm. with every nutrient. So it's not like there is a deficiency of any nutrients, all the nutrients, but here's the difference. It's not one source of calcium. It's a multitude of different sources. It's not one source of beta carotene. It's a multitude of different sources. So I think if you are a veterinarian listening to this, it is a, it's a, it's a somewhat scientific approach to whole food feeding, recognizing that it is not a ultra refined diet that is cookie cutter every day, but you are meeting your bases, covering all the nutrients and, and you can take a deep breath and rest assured that that is happening. I think that there's a big difference. People think, so you just let them eat whatever they want. And so there is this learning curve that has to happen with veterinarians. And I can understand your frustration because it isn't necessarily happening at the pace that we all would want it, but it is happening, which I'm excited about. Jason, what do you, if you could tell the world one thing, if you could announce to all bird breeders, lovers, avian veterinarians, if everyone loving and caring for birds around the world could, could know one thing, what would you want it to be? We can do better. Um, we can do better. And, you know, paying attention to science tells us what we need to know about the fact that we can, we don't have to feed processed food to keep 
animals healthy. And actually they're healthier when they're not eating those processed things. Um, you know, we don't have to cook for our birds for them to be quote unquote happy. We need to treat birds as birds so that we're doing what's right for them as birds um, and not feeding them things because we think they're little people. Um, that's dangerous, right? <laughs> um, so we need to make sure that we're treating birds as birds. It doesn't mean that you 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 treat them poorly. It means that you're respecting them for what they are yeah. and you're doing the very best you can based on their needs, what their needs are. And just because your bird likes something doesn't mean it's good for it. So you need to make sure that you're really thinking about what does my bird species do in the wild and how can I how can I capitalize that on that in my home? Um, and you know, offering a diverse diet of raw food is not hard to do. It's not hard to yeah. do at all. It's really good advice, Jason. And one thing I just want to point out as a side note, you know, you think about dogs and cats, you know, dogs being on dog food, even you know, the first bag of dog food, commercially available dog food is maybe, you know, 110 years old. It's not that. It is, you know, it's not been around for 500 years. What do you think when you look in your aviary, what do you, how many generations of these birds, do you think your third generation captive bred? I mean, these birds are literally, they have not evolved in the short period that humans have been keeping them. They haven't evolved to eat pellets, right? They haven't right. evolved to, to go past their evolutionary history. I, I would assume that most birds that you're keeping, they don't have a rich thousand year history of being bred in captivity. They're relatively, their nutrition needs are exactly the same of, as their wild counterparts. Right, and, you, and, and species don't evolve that quickly, right? I mean, right. It's, that's, that's just not the way it is. You can have subtle changes in populations, but evolution is about po whole populations of things uh, changing over time. Um, and that's, that's not at all. These are the birds we keep are wild animals. They're, they're still very, even if they're, even if they're a color mutation and they look different than their wild counterparts, that does not mean that their gut has just mutated and changed thing that is ready to eat all these weird foods that, you know, they don't, they wouldn't recognize in the wild. So, um, yeah, I, I would agree with with your comment yeah. on, you know, third, fourth generation sometimes. Um, you know, some are first generation and you don't, you know, they, they are going to eat whatever they recognize as food. And when we exactly. see some of these birds who have never been exposed to that, who all of a sudden are exploiting these food items and you know working working as a zoo consultant i've seen it like we've put out many different types of food in mixed species aviaries and we've seen fruit eaters who are picking up seeds and seed mm. eaters who are picking up fruits and everybody's eating bugs like everybody's eating mealworms you know mealworms are so nutritious and everybody here has access to access to pet parrots the, the the i mean everybody um so we're, we're constantly learning through experimentation as far as, you know, what we can feed and the list just keeps growing. So exciting. So are you going to write a book? <laughs> I don't know. Do you want to? 
No. You have so much time no. on your well, hands. I, <laughs> you know, I shouldn't, you know, we're laughing now because um, my book comes out in one week. And I, yes, Jason, I would love to write a book about parents, just not this week. Well, yep. let's, let's talk about it next week after the dog book comes out that and then we'll talk great. about parrots. I love great. it. Listen, <laughs> I love the fact that Laura nominated you for a game changer. I love the fact that your passion is feeding birds better. I love the fact that you are doing everything you can in your power to make the world a healthier, happier place for birds. And I appreciate your contribution as a science-based creature in covering your bases, making sure that uh, the steps that you are taking are in line with a bird's natural history, their their gut microbiome, as well as their emotional, mental, and physical needs. So I love the fact that you've encompassed all that together into uh, your passion for, for, for feeding birds better. So thank you for everything you're doing. Well, and thank you for inspiring all of us to do this. <laughs> I blame it all on you. <laughs> Uh, well, that's good. I, I, tell, we, I tell you, when, when we die, we'll have healthier animals and that's yep. all that matters, right? Amen. Yep. Th thanks, Jason. Thank you.